to the top of the page on Daf Mem Beis Amun Aleph. We're talking about the uh, Lememra. So we're right starting from the word Lememra, and that's the question. Lememra, this seems to indicate. Uh, that Shmuel actually holds like Reb Shimon. Um, because that's obviously why Shmuel is saying that even though you put enough to actually forge it, but since it was not your intention, it's okay. So the question is, Shmuel said, that you can put out a coal that is made out of metal in the Rishus Harabim, on on Shabbos. Why? To protect the people from danger. So, but what he does not allow is to put out a wood coal, uh, only one out of metal. Okay, now, here's the question. Me, if you're thinking, that Shmuel holds like Rib Shimon, I feel it's Nami. So, even wood should be allowed because. Uh, Rib Shimon would say that you're putting up the coal so people don't get harmed. Not for the sake of having a coal to, to form a coal, but putting out it by, by taking wood and you know snuffing out the fire on it, that makes it into a coal. So that was not your intention. Your intention was something else. So therefore it's a malacha shein tzrich gufa, And Rib Shimon says that's allowed. So the more explains Rib Shmuel Shita. Answers the Gemara, when something is not, you're doing something that's not intended, then the opinion of Shmuel is to follow Rup Shimon. Meaning, means I'm doing a completely different act, and as an additional activity, a malach is happening, but that's not even my intention. It's not necessarily so that that activity is going to happen. So that's why. Um, uh, you can do so. So if you think about it, um, when you're putting in the water, it may or may not, um, you know, forge it. It's not your intention. That's called a davrash in miskaven. So therefore, it's okay. Davrash in miskaven, he holds like Rav Shem. I'm doing a completely different act, and a side act may result of my action. I'm filling it with water to have warm water. And that's uh, and that's not necessarily uh, not doing an act of tziruf necessarily. So that's the idea of Shmuel. as opposed to over here, what uh, what he doesn't allow is put, is doing what's called a malacha she'en tzrich legufa. Malacha she'en tzrich legufa. Then he's machmir like rebuta. That means my intent is to do this act, this malacha, but not for the purpose of the malacha, but for a different need. So, like the example of malacha she'en tzrich legufa. In general, it's like I'm digging a hole so I can have the dirt. I don't mean because I should have the hole. I only want the dirt. But what I'm doing is an act of digging a hole. Maybe for a different reason than having a hole. That's called a malach shein tzrich l'gufa. miskavin is like when I'm dragging a bench. My intent in the act, my action is to drag the bench. That's to get the bench from point A to point B. A furrow may be dug or may not be dug. That's not even, that whole act was not even part of my intention. So in that, Shmuel is lenient like Rabbi Shimon, but in Lachashim Tzrikhilagufa, that's already old like who? Like Rabbi Yehuda. And therefore, that's why to put out the coal, which is an act of kiboy, um, even though my intent is for some other part, or, you know, some other purpose of protecting the other people, you're not allowed to do it if it's a Doraisa.
that's the rice of making of destroying of, of uh, putting out a coal. The kiboy of a metal is only aser midrabana. It's only rabbinic. So therefore, to protect the people, so there we allow a rabbinic transgression. Okay. So therefore. That's what Shmuel says. You can put out the coal that's made out of metal, which is not a real coal. It's only a gzeramidrabanan that if I let you put out that coal, you come out to put out a coal of wood. So that's why it's only rabbinic. So I could do so to protect the public. Same, so on that basis, Amravina, Hilka, therefore, comes out some interesting leniencies. Coats, Birshus, Arabin. Let's say there's a. Uh, uh, um, a bramble, something that's harmful to people, that's very sharp, that's in the public domain, and I don't want people walking and they might get hurt on it. So, I'm going to carry that away to protect the populace in a rabbinic way, because the rabbis did not keep their transgressions when the public is in danger. So therefore, you can carry it and just stop every three feet or so before you crossing the dollar, the four amas, and you walk and stop, walk and stop till it's in a safe place on the side, not where people are walking. Over Carmelis, and if you're carrying in a Carmelis, which is not a true Rishos Arabim, it's only a place that's rabbinically prohibited, I feel the Tovi, you would be allowed to carry even more because, again, the whole carrying is only rabbinic and it's there to protect uh, people because it's a harmful item. So therefore, you would be allowed to do so because any time this is what seems to be the rule, at least according to Shmuel, is that when there's a when it's a, a question of transgressing, a shavus a rabbinic a rabbinic Shabbos law that's only for prohibitive rabbinic they allowed you to transgress a rabbinic law. So that's the idea. The, the, uh, for the safety of the public. Okay. Brings us to a new thing. We said that what you are allowed to do in the Mishnah is that you are allowed to, um, you can't, uh, we talked about putting water in the tea kettle or what, or, 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 right? But we said that, but that's what it is an issue. But you could put it into it or in a cup for the sake of getting lukewarm, not too hot. So that's what we said. Now, person can put hot water into cold water, but you can't put cold water into hot water. What's the idea? Um, basically, the idea is like this. It's a general dispute, um, but basically the, the logic of Bishamah is, is that what we call tata gavar, which means that what that which is in the bottom has a stronger ability to affect that which is poured into it. So therefore, if the bottom is, if, the, if you have a container that's filled with hot water and you're pouring in cold water, the hot water is going to be able to affect the cold water and make it hot. On the other hand, if you have cold water in, in the container and I'm pouring hot water in, the cold water is more powerful and it's going to be able to basically cause the hot water not to be able to cook it in fact, it's going to overpower it, and it's just going to get the water to lukewarm, but it's not going to actually be able to get it too hot. So Bishami says, therefore, you can take hot and, 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 and put the hot into the cold, because that's only going to get lukewarm, but you can't put the cold into the hot, because that's actually going to really heat it. That's the sheet of Bishami. 
It's going to be allowed in either case, either direction. It doesn't matter hot to cold or cold to hot. Basilio says they're both allowed. And uh, we'll, see, uh, we'll see why. Now, says the Gemara, Where is this Machlokas? Because this is where, there's a, where you're pouring it in a cup, which is meant for drinking. And you don't really want it that hot. And on, in addition, if it's in a cup, it's by definition a cliché. It's in a secondary vessel, meaning because nobody the cup that you drink out of is 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 usually you got hot water from the thing that's on the fire and was poured into a cup. By definition, it's already a secondary vessel. So that's why Beis Shammai or Beis Hillel says there's nothing to be worried about because even if it's hot water, it's not going to be able to cook anything. That's the idea. But if you're talking about a bath, um, which is a very large amount of water, so then, then, even Beis Hillel would agree that since you have an exceedingly large amount of much more hot water, then, uh, or whatever, it's a very large amount of water in the bath. If the, water, if the bath is filled with hot water, you cannot pour cold water into it because that's really going to cook it. But if you have uh, cold, if you have uh, cold water and you're pouring hot into it, um, that would be um, that would be okay. So that chamin and you could put hot into cold, but not cold into hot. That's the qualifier of basil shita. Rabbi Shimon Benasi also Rabbi Shimon Benasi says it's forbidden. I have to define where is Rabbi Shimon Benassi arguing on, is he arguing on this last thing or the previous thing? We'll get to it in the Gemara. Amr of Nachman Allah, Rabbi Shimon Benassi, Rabbi Benassi is correct. So now, so Rabbi Yosef was of, of the opinion, Sefel Hareu Kempati. Ambati is a large bath. A Sefel is like a basin. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a baby bath. You know what I mean? It's a little bit bigger. But that's usually what they would use when they would want to wash their face, you know, hands or feet. They had like a, a bigger basin. So it's more than, than a cup. It's a lot bigger than a cup, but it's not quite as big as a full bath. Okay. Now, Amalei Abaye, so Abaye said, Tani Rabchia Seifel Eno Kambati. Rabchia learns that, a, that a, a Seifel, a basin, is not the same as a bath. That's one. Now, Question is this: If you assume, like you were thinking, that a basin is the same as a bath, and Rav Nachman says Allah follows Rav so then we got ourselves a, a, a question here: We know that we said that as long as it's heated up from air of Shabbos, that water, a person could wash his hands, his face, hands, and feet with warm water. That was preheated from before Shabbos on Shabbos, and there's no way to do so because <laughs> you can't. If even a basin is problematic, so then how do you get it? It means it's forbidden from hot to cold or cold to hot because that's what it sounds like. Rosh Hashanah is saying that both things are prohibited: not only hot and cold, but even cold and hot. I mean, not only cold and hot, but even hot into cold. So that's the so so the Gemara says no 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 you misunderstood Rav Shimon me sabres Rav Shimon I say for Rav Shimon was not talking about the latter case 
He was talking about the Reisha, the first case. That which Basil permitted both hot into cold and cold into hot in a cup, that's where Rabbi Shem ben argues. Rabbi Shem ben also says, He says, No, if it's cold into hot, it's not allowed, just like Beis Shammai. So the Gemara says, Basically, he's holding like Beis Shammai, that even in a cup, you can't put hot into cold, wa- uh, cold into hot water. Um, so the Gemara says, This is what he says, He says, It's not a machlokas Beisham Beisham on this thing, that they all are in agreement. Okay, now, practically, Amr Rav Huna braid Rav Yeshua, Rav Huna, the son of Rav Yeshua, says, Chazina lele Rava, I saw Rava the low cupid. He wasn't picky on this thing. He was not makbid. Okay, they take out the word amona. Okay, so it makes a difference. Why? The Tani Rav the school of Rav learns, Nois anodam kiton shal mayim lesoch sefer shal mayim. You can put a small container of water into a large basin of water. Whether it's hot into cold, or cold into hot, doesn't matter which one's hot, which one's cold, you can put it in. Doesn't say clearly what you do, and it sounds, maybe what it's talking about is where I have, let's say, a cold basin, or a hot basin, and I'm putting either a cold container in, and I'm leaving it in the container so the water is not mixing. So maybe that's what the case is over here. So, um, and that's why it's okay, even hot, even cold to hot. So I'm itma. No, the actual quote is where you're pouring it. You're pouring hot into cold in the basin or cold into hot in the basin. And basically, we treat a seifel, which is a basin, more lenient than a bath because it's smaller and it's not really going to be able to uh, cook either way and therefore it's not a problem and again a basin is by definition what we would call a cliche and therefore we're not machmir only by a bath was there a, a, a more stringent shita and that's the bottom line it sounds like that we can take a more well um, actually in Psaq Alacha I believe that that's the case that uh, we that we're more lenient uh, um, in the end. Okay, brings us to the next thing. Ha'ilfis, ilfis, as we know, is a large container. Vakadera, a pot. Shevira miroskin. You took it right off the fire. So uh, an ilfis like a, a a cauldron or a big pot. You took it off the fire. Even though it's not on the fire anymore, you removed it away from the fire. But it's the, what we would call the clearishon, it's the original hot pot. Okay? You cannot add your spices into that pot because it's quite hot still, as long as it's still hot. Because uh, it could cook those spices. What I can do is I can put that into the Ka'ara, meaning I taking soup out of that and pouring it out into bowls. And uh, there I can spice the bowls because that's already a cliche and it's not going to cook the spices. Or a tamchoy. If you want to know what a tamchoy is, um, some fancy houses, when they're serving, uh, when they're serving the chalant, for instance, they don't take the pot actually and serve it from the pot. 
they have a whole other container that they pour the chalent into this other container and they bring that container to the table and people can help themselves. I don't know what it's, it's like, just a, an alternate or the chicken soup also. They don't want to serve the chicken soup chas that they see a pot chas but here you put it in a very nice, um, in a beautiful container that has a nice cover on it that keeps the heat in and that's where they give out the soup from. Okay, so that's called a tamchoy, a terrine. Right, a terrine. That's what we're talking about. Right, right. Fancy houses have that Reuben. Okay. Uh-huh. Anyway, so that's a tamchoy. So Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says, "Lekolu no sein." You can actually put it. Um, you can put uh, uh, to anything. We'll define Rabbi Yehuda in a second. What he's actually talking about is he talking about klibishon? Or klisheni, but he says you can put any, you can put it on anything. Except when it's something that has chometz or tzir, vinegar or brine. There, there's bigger issues. They cook, um, uh, and that's uh, the spices. Uh, they can cook spices in a better way. Whatever we'll get to, what the issue is with Rebuda. Yeah. Oh, that's because it can cook it, right? That's what you're saying. Okay. Right, no, but then what I'm saying, after you transfer it to the, to the plate, then you can put your spices on top of that because it's already in a second container. That's right. Okay. So it's very practical, okay? You should be ready for Shabbos. You should know how to serve the dishes. Okay. Iboilu, the question is this. Rabbi Yudah Reishakoy, what is Rabbi Yudah talking about? Rabbi Yudah says, you can put for everything... Except for a davar sheish bochamut vitzir, what is he saying? So he boils the question: Is this Rabbi Yudah Reishakoy? Is he going on the first statement, ulakula, and he's taking a more lenient stance, and he's saying even a kli rishon is not a problem to put spices. The only time it's a problem to put spices if it's vinegar, or if it's um, um, if it's uh, vinegar, or if it's or or if it's uh, brine, which is cooking in its own right. Okay. Or maybe Asefako is going on the latter statement. Even, all right, and that's what he's saying. He's taking a more stringent stance. Meaning, he's saying, even in a plate, in a, in a platter, it's only permissible. But if, you, but, it, but if there's a vinegary food, or if it's salt water, or, you know, very, or like brine, so then actually that's going to be problematic to put spices, even though it's not that hot. That's the question. So Tashma Kamini approved it. Tanya Rabbi Yudah Omer, lechol ilfesin who nosein, lechol hakederos roschos who nosein. You can put it in every large cauldron, every large pot that's boil that's boil that's very hot. Chutz midavish yesh bochomitz unless it has vinegar vitzir or brine because then it's able to cook. Why? So Rabbi Yosef the Meimer. Okay, so that's the story. Now. That's the end of that. So basically, Rabbi Yudah is really gu- clearly going lekula. He's taking a more lenient stance, and he says even the pot itself you can spice up because it's not able to cook the spices. But if there's brine in it, if it's vinegar, so then it's able to cook. So that's a different story. Now, Sover of Yosef Amimah. Rabbi Yosef was of the opinion, Melach, how do we look, what about, we're not talking about any spice, we're talking about salt in particular. Melach Hareu Ketaflin. I, he was thinking that salt is probably like any salt, any spice. To be clear, Rishon B'Shalom. 
that it can cook if it's in the original vessel. So I cannot salt directly into the chalum pot even after it's removed from the fire. Okay? Obekli low and but it won't cook after I you know transfer the soup, then I can add salt into the bowl. You know, everybody put adds the salt that they like in their own bowl. Amr Abai said, Tani learned that salt is not like spices. What does he say that means? Salt is even more, it's easier to cook. It even can get cooked in a klisheni. Opliga de Rav Nachman, which is actually a dispute with Rav Nachman. The Amr Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman said, learned, says, Rav Nachman says very clearly that salt is even better than most spices. Meaning, it needs, in order to cook salt, it needs cooking to the level that beef does. Okay? Which needs a high, even a clear rishon that's not on the fire, it's not going to be able to cook the beef. Same is true with salt. Unless it's actually on the fire and cooking, it's not going to be able to cook the salt. So, so that's one version. There's a version B. Salt is not like a spice. What does that mean? Even in a clearishon, it doesn't cook. And then this version, which is basically Rav Nachman's idea. That salt needs cooking to the level that beef does, which is Basically, we don't worry about it. And that is the bottom line. It's interesting, halacha, that salt is allowed to be added, even something that's a clearishon, because salt doesn't really cook. Uh, needs like, in order to cook salt, takes a lot out of, takes a lot of heat. Okay. Brings us to the uh, new topic. Now, it's important to understand that basically we're finished at this point with bishop with cooking on Shabbos, the halachas of cooking, from before Shabbos, all those things are done, and we're moving on to a new topic, to the topic of Muktza. From here on in, to the end of this chapter, is focused on Muktza questions. Okay, so it's going to keep us busy. New topic. Yes. The basic principle that we've discussed in this last Mishnah is very important. Is basically for the by and large, a klisheni. First, let's get our definition straight. A klirishon is the pot that was actually on the fire and cooking. That's the same pot, and your talk it still maintains its status as a klirishon even after you took it off the fire. It still has the power to cook most foods. That's the idea, as long as it's still hot and hasn't lost its heat. It's able to cook. That's called klirishon, and you can't add spices to it. Depending, you know, you can't. You don't put pepper in there because it could cook it. Now, however, if I transfer from that pot into a second pot, that's called klisheni. So let's say let's look at soup for instance. The soup pot was sitting on the fire. That's the klirishon. Then I take it. Then I pour it out into the bowls. Those bowls is a klisheni. If I poured it directly into a bowl, that bowl is itself a klisheni. That bowl I'm allowed to add the spices to because a klisheni, the basic principle is since it's not the, the actual pot that was on the fire, 
it can't, doesn't have a power to cook the food that's added in, and therefore it's klishen is in a mavasha, and I would be allowed to add the spices, the tavlinim, those spices that you like to add, to flavor the flavor, the, 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 the soup or whatever it is, and it's considered permissible. Now, that being said, we didn't touch on a different issue, which is that there are some things that are called what we call kaleya bishop, which things that cook very easily. It's, it doesn't take much to cook them. And they may cook actually even in a klisheni, but that we didn't see at this point. But that's what we, when we talk about klisheni, we worry about tea, for instance, because tea is, uh, those tea leaves are very fine, very small things. And a little bit in the water, you see that even hot water that's not a klisheni, a klisheni is able to cause it to, to, to change and to cook. So that's the discussion about what we call Kali Abishal, and that's a different, that's a whole other discussion. But at this point, what we've seen thus far is basic rule is cliche is not Mevashel things. That's the basic idea. Then it's like three steps. Right, the, the ladle itself is a cliche and then you put it into the bowl, it's already a klishlishi, it's even more lenient. Exactly. Right. Okay. Next. New Mishnah. Ain't no sin klitach zaner lekabobos Hashem. You can't... Yes. Right. That's exactly what. That's exactly the basic rule. That but klishlishi is not mentioned anywhere in the Talmud. That's the words of the Shulchan Aruch. That's the Mishnah Brewer's idea. That since it never said that, uh, even it says that klishen can cook, uh, can cook kaleh uh, things that are very easily cooked. But there's no such thing as a klishlishi. Nowhere does it say that a klishlishi cooks anything. So therefore, the Mishnah Brewer writes, that's why it's okay to make tea in a klishlishi, because it's no, for sure it's not considered cooking. That is the position of the Mishnah Brewer. It happens to be it's a dispute, but that is what you're doing, is following the halacha as the Mishnah Brewer states. Okay? Okay, now, next the Mishnah. You're not allowed to put a container under a candle to catch the oil. Sometimes you have the candle, I guess it was tilted a little bit, and as it's lit, it co- the oil drips out. So you don't want it to drip out everywhere. You want to catch the oil. Oil is valuable. So you put a container to catch the oil. So the Mishnah says you cannot do so. We'll see what the issue might be. But if from the outset you had a, 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 a plate, or pla- or something to catch it where, where, where it might drip from before Shabbos, then it's okay to have that clear there from before because it was set aside for that to catch it from before. You're not allowed to put it there from the outset on Shabbos, but if it was put there from before Shabbos, that's okay. However, you cannot use that oil because it's mukh. The oil that's part of this, part of this, you know, catching the oil from the fire, that oil was meant for, for, for making your light. 
and it, you're not allowed to catch it because it's not it's considered muktzah. Okay. Okay. Amar Rav Chizda says the Gemara. Rav Chizda says Alpha Pish Amrei Nostin Klitach Tan Goles the Kabbal Beitzasa. Even though you're not allowed to put a container under the the hen to catch its egg because you don't want the egg to break. You want to save the egg, but the egg, of course. The egg that the chicken lays is, of course, mukta on Shabbos. And you cannot put the kli to catch the mukta egg. Okay? Um, Avo, what you could do is, after the egg comes out, you would be allowed to, after the egg lands, you don't want anybody to step on the egg, so you turn the, the vessel over the egg, so nobody will step on the egg and crush it. Okay? My time of the Rav Chizda. Why does Rav Chizda say this? What's the reasoning? What's his logic? Most of the time, a, a hen lays its egg in the ashpa, in a regular uh, trash heap. And the fear that it might break is quite common. And therefore, you're using the kli for an expected use to protect the egg. That's because that's, that's expected. <clears throat> and it, uh, what we have, basically, the rule is, um, okay, so that's that's one thing. But that it should it should lay its egg in a place where there's a uh, where there's an incline where it's going to roll away. That is uh, unlikely. It's not expected. Not normal. So to catch it, that's sort of like catching it from rolling away and. And getting uh, and, and and cracking by 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 going down the incline, that is a rarity, and you can't put it to catch it for that purpose. But for a mitsuya tiru, lo tiru, a protection or a saving for this that's a common occurrence. That is what is allowed to use the kalim for. So I could use it because it's an expected use. But if it's a un, if it's a not a common Hatzala, Lotira, that they do not allow because it's un, it's un, it's it's a rare thing. So that's basically what we're saying in Rav Chizda. Rav is saying to put it there to catch it. That's catching it from rolling away. That I'm not allowed to do because that's uncommon. Uh, it's an uncommon use that it's not expected, and I'm not allowed to put it clear for that purpose. But if it's the other way around, where it landed already, and I just want to cover it, that's a common scenario. And for common scenarios, I'm allowed to use that. This is a reasonable use for a keli. Is that true? Uh, they don't allow it if it's not common. We have a price that seems to say it is allowed. If you have a barrel, okay, barrels were typically made out of earthenware, and it has tevel in it, okay, uh, untithed grain, uh, not grain, untithed product, could be wine, that's what it would contain, a container. And uh, what happens? Betevel, of course, is muktzah, and you're not allowed to use that because you haven't removed the tithe. So it's muktzah on on uh, on Shabbos, okay? And it broke. Berosh and it was on your roof, and it cracked. Maybe clear. You can bring a vessel and place it underneath it to catch it. Why am I allowed to catch it? Isn't that a rarity? And it, we're using the kli. To protect for a rare occurrence at the wall, what's gonna isn't that an oddity, a strange thing that that the kli should crack? The more says not necessarily true. The paki. 
If it's a new barrel, the new barrel is untested. Those untested barrels, you, they, you never know if they're going to last. They're sitting in the sun. The, the, the sun could bake it and cause it to crack. It's not, a, it's not an uncommon thing. The shechichi dipaki, it's common. Eisveh, so the Gemara has a question. You can put a candle underneath, not to catch the oil, but to catch the sparks that flying off the fire. So the Gemara says, That's also okay, because sparks are also common. So that's the, that's the difference. So basically what we're saying is the basic principle of Chizda, at least the way we're understanding right now, is that something that's a common use, what we call a Hatzala Mitsuya, a common scenario, that's what we can use our vessels for on Shabbos and put it there for that protection. But if it's something that's ain't a mitzuya, that's not common, that's where Rav Chizda says you're not allowed to use the keli for, and that would be prohibited. We're going to see more about this Mir Tzashem tomorrow. I'm not going to teach it till tomorrow night of Mir Tzashem. Um, I, may, I think that we should switch it to 9.15. It's getting uh, tighter. I'm, I'm always I'm rushing. So if we can, we'll make our, our learning time for Motei Shabbos for 9.15. We'll stop over here for now.